Zero hours. Catherine Mather. Ow! Zero hours. Hello and welcome to Zero Hours Podcast with me, Catherine Mather, where I talk to comedians and other creators about the best and worst jobs they've had to do to get by. Today I'm joined by comedian Jen Ives. Hello, how's it going? Well, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, very, very, very well. Very good. I, I'm glad to hear it. Um, I mean, we are still uh, socially distanced um, to the extreme. We are, yeah. I mean, I guess so. I mean, are you not going out and stuff? Uh, well, I just meant like recording this. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not in the same house. Well, how socially distanced are we? Like, where do you live? Uh, I live in North London. Okay. I live in East London, so we're not too far away, I guess. I mean, that's more than two metres, though. Yeah, yeah, just about. But still, I'm just saying, I think the last time we spoke, I was in, like, Eltham. So we're we're, we're closer now than we were then. So that's positive. But we're still doing our duty. Oh, Um, oh, definitely. Always. Always. (laughs) I've got my hand on my heart. (laughs) (laughs) To combat the Rona. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> did you have a good lockdown i'm gonna say no <laughs> just because i don't think it's been really good for anybody I, I don't know i didn't i tried to make the best of it you know i tried to stay creative and like write and stuff like that but um at the end of the day i did not enjoy it particularly like these last couple of weeks of like being relatively sort of back to normal i guess but not really but it's not more normal than it's been in a long time They've been great, so that's why I feel like it's a bit of a bummer that we might be sliding back into some kind of being locked at home state again. Oh my god, yeah, I think it'll be um, genuinely traumatic to have yeah. to get back to that. It's conflicting, isn't it? Because like, there's like two parts of my brain really. Like, there's like the one that is like sensible and understands that it's real and wants to be a good citizen and all these kind of things. And then there's the other part of my brain that's just like, do you know what? Like, fuck it. Like, if I die, I die. Like, I want, <laughs> I want to be free. <laughs> and if you know what, I, I want to go to that bakery and then to a nightclub. <laughs> yeah. And if it kills me, so what? <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh yeah, we're alive, but at what cost? You know, what is what is living <laughs> if we're stuck at home? I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to live in that world. <laughs> oh god, yeah. It's um, it's hard work, is it? Cause I, how what happened like work-wise with you if you don't mind me asking i don't i don't mind you asking those given the content (laughs) no no i I was actually very lucky um the job that i have now the day job is it's an office job so it's the first office job i've ever had technically so um i can work from home and that's okay but in any way but that is kind of like a curse as well really because I was kind of looking forward to furlough, really, but I wasn't wasn't allowed it. You know, I was told that that I, w- I was able to fulfil my duties from from my house. So, yeah, uh, ups and downs, I guess. I'm so sorry. I know. <laughs> this is the problem. It's so hard. It's so hard to moan about your situation when when you're when you have employment because there's so many people who don't have employment and you just sound like an absolute prick <laughs> if, you're like, if you're like oh I've, I've i've still got my job and i hate it but everyone else is like oh i'd love some money please <laughs> say, uh, i think that just because other people have it worse it doesn't make your troubles less because they still matter to you don't they yeah and a lot of people say that but practically in real life you do still come across a bit of prick <laughs> 
I mean, yeah, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> but I've kind of embraced I, that, you know, I'm, ha- I'm happy to, to be perceived that way now, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose that's, is that your new comedy persona? I mean, that's my new, like, real persona. <laughs> Just a piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, I don't know anyone who thinks that, but I can ask around and yeah. you know, just make it, make it so. You're hanging out in the wrong groups. <laughs> it's definitely, <Right. laughs> it's definitely some. <laughs> How know, about like, you? I, How's work been for you? Are you still well, working I, and stuff? I ended up having to like I got I it was uh, on the 16th of March, wasn't it? And just like ev- I lost everything. Right. Because uh, I was like, yeah, hospitality and the theatre. You know, people always need to eat and have entertainment, mm. uh, and they don't. Um, <laughs> they really no, don't. No, that's the crazy thing, isn't it? Like, <laughs> the arts are important until <laughs> something like this happens, and then people that think, no, actually, I don't need that in my life. I've got Netflix, which <laughs> is yeah. horrible. It's horrible. It is. And I sort of spent three months in a room on my own, uh, yeah. and then managed to get another office job, uh, which was fantastic. But, like... It really wound me up when you'd see people on Facebook posting pictures being like, you know, did did you ever see that meme? And it was like these people riding through a park on bicycles and it was like people on furlough. And then it showed like all these zombies just working really hard being like, and then us who have to work. I'm like, just just because we're at home, it doesn't mean we're having a nice time. Yeah, I um, I didn't actually see that meme, but you've described it so well, I can visualise it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I, I, yeah, I get get the point of it. Yeah, that's, I mean, I wasn't on furlough. I, I was actually like a zombie, like I had to do like eight hour day or whatever. So I think yeah. you should all feel very sorry for me that I had to, <laughs> had to work. But um, <laughs> no, it wasn't real work. It was like, it was, because that's the great thing about working from home is that like, you just sort of, you're working, but you're sort of not as well, because you've got like, you've got your computer and you're not being watched and you've got like music and you can like go and have some lunch if you want it's great um I was I'm actually back in the office now and I was um yeah I know I think I think it's too soon don't don't tell my employers what I think but I think it's too soon (laughs) I think I think think it's uh it's jumping the gun a little bit I think I think I'll be I think I'll be back at home soon uh probably but yeah, no, I'm I'm sorry that you lost your job. That really sucks. I know a few people who also lost their jobs and it's just not nice, you know. It's no it's never nice when someone loses their job, but under this sort of circumstance it feels even more because usually when people lose their job you know it's because they've some kind, some kind of gross negligence on their part or yeah. <laughs> because they've been made redundant. Um but this is like this is unprecedented, isn't it? It is, and especially when you've got people saying that you are worthless to society because yeah. you didn't have the foresight um to get a job uh, that you could do from home or that oh was, I'm, was that the point of the meme is that sort of what yeah. the meme was insinuating yeah it's saying that everybody uh, on furlough was having a great time and i just think that it takes a real strength of character uh, to lose everything and have mm. to like sit out for three months yeah definitely and um yeah like just to have no purpose in life anymore also like furlough as well is like not a lot of money is it it's like it's not the same amount of money as 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 working 
Um, and people don't want to be on furlough generally. Like, yes, it's like nice for a little bit, probably. Like, you can go out and well, no, you can even go out at the time. We were all like literally stuck indoors. What did yeah. you do? What did what did you get up to? What did you, what did you do to pass the time? I uh, I did a course in end of life care. Really, that's so cool. Yeah, it was just um, a, a something to get up for and do. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a GCSE level thing, and also like handy to know. Well, I was going to say it's a very specific thing to choose. It's not. I mean, it's not like you know I'm going to learn origami or like macrame or something. <laughs> it's like end of life care. It's, it's quite specific. Is that what you're interested in? Is that something that you want to do? Well, it was essentially just like the government had. Uh, there was a website, so the government had funded these courses, and it was. Um, there was about six that you could choose from and that was yeah. one of them but it was very much like someone had sat down and gone like okay fuck we've got a pandemic um <laughs> what <laughs> what are we gonna need people to be um qualified in so there was um infection control that is uh, so morbid and fucked up <laughs> yeah uh, it was like new starting a fire from scratch <laughs> <laughs> yeah IT. It, yeah, yeah, it was um, it was really sad, but also so. Well, I mean, I need. I'm really sad and need something to get up for. So let's learn about how to look after people who are dying. Yeah. Oh God. That's <laughs> was it. Was it like? Is it like in an online, like an e-learning thing? Was it like? Yeah. A, did it have like um, little slideshows and little animations and things about? I mean, what, I mean, what is it? What did you learn? Tell me, tell me like, what you what so, you learned. So from many it. emojis of like a little circle face with two crosses for eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Um, yeah. No, it's just like um, you know, just how to tell if someone with dementia is in pain. Uh, right. You know what to look out for. Uh, you know, like how different cultures end life. Uh, mm. You know, being respectful of that. Um, you know the grieving process uh you know after someone's died there's a, a number that you can call and they'll just tell everybody that they've died you know so that you don't end up getting people calling up asking for them and stuff oh that's interesting <laughs> so it's, what is so what is that then that num like don't tell me the number but like what, i don't understand <laughs> is it is it like an automated service i can't remember the number i don't know if it's a charity or if it's I mean, it's probably charity, isn't it? Oh, okay. It's a person, though. It's not like a talking clock. It doesn't, like, phone you up and go, like, your nan is dead. (laughs) No, but that would be how I wanted that information. (laughs) Yeah. Passion, please. (laughs) But, uh, no, it was like, um, I think it's a person, and you just call them up and you're like, you know, my husband has died. Uh, Here is his name. Please just let the bank know and the government know, and just tell them to stop sending him council tax bills, um, please, mm. you know, stuff like that. Oh, right, that's really useful. That's a really good idea. Um, yeah. So you we... don't personally have to do that for everybody. Yeah, because yeah. that's a lot of work, isn't it? Because all these, like, corporations and stuff, they're always going to assume that you're alive. In fact, some of them, when you contact them and tell them that, that 
whoever is dead, they still continue to send you things. Like it's a bit of a, a bit of a palaver sometimes. I think um, my dad had that issue. I think with my mum and stuff. Like um, we still got a lot of letters coming through about like, oh, you haven't paid this, or you. Um, are you still interested in this? And you have to keep telling them, no, 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 they're dead. So, yeah, that's that's a great idea. Yeah, and it's uh, emotional work, isn't it? Yeah. Being reminded all the time. Yeah. So is that something that you think you might pursue um, in the future? Almost certainly not, no. Oh, right, OK. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting to know. Um, yeah, it's just good to pass the time, I suppose, and, and yeah. remind you that you're alive. Yeah, <laughs> treasure that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we should probably get on to what the people paid for. Oh, uh, okay. And that is, uh, what what's your worst job? Okay, um, my worst job. So I was thinking about it. I've done a few jobs. Um, I'm a bit conflicted, right? Because, so the two that spring to mind are the two years that I spent working in Tesco Express that was pretty bad um but also like I worked in care for five years and it's kind of difficult to say because I really loved it um it was really good but I think some of my worst moments were in that as well so Tesco's generally care work on and off so (laughs) that's the thing about care it's like it's either really great or really 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 horrible so so yeah what kind of care work was it that you were doing? Um, I was working in learning disabilities care, um, but it kind of encompasses a lot of things. It was residential care and it kind of encompasses like there's some elderly care because obviously older people have learning disabilities as well. Um, it was like high needs care, um, people with like severe autism and, and things like that. Um, a mix, a mix of lots of different stuff, but generally, yeah, learning disabilities care. Yeah. So, um, like, what was your role? What kind of things were you doing in that job? So I was a support worker at first for, like, the first sort of four years or whatever. And then at a certain point, I moved up to being a senior, so that was just, like, running the shifts and being in charge of medication and doing all that kind of stuff, you know, having all the responsibility (laughs) and running the team and all that kind of stuff. And I think that was my downfall, really. I I don't think I was, like, in a fit state of mind to to be in charge, really. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's where a lot of my, like, stress from it came from, really, is just sort of, like... Because when you're... I mean, obviously, I wasn't, like, the manager or anything, but when you are in a a position of um, authority, like, the responsibility comes down to you. And it's one of those jobs where it feels like everything is so out of your hands like you can you can you can do your best to make sure it's a safe environment or that the staff are doing what they're supposed to be doing but at the end of the day you don't have control over like people's negligence and stuff and then ultimately for some reason comes down on you so it's yeah it's pretty pretty stressful i wouldn't it's not a job that i really wish on anybody really it's it's a high stress job yeah (laughs) Yeah. i can imagine so like um, that's interesting that it's more stressful the more removed from the actual sort of care work. Yeah, I work. think so. I think so, yeah. I mean, I was still doing... I mean, this is the thing. I was still doing care work as well. Like, when you become, like, a senior, you you just do ev- you just do everything and you, you pick up everybody else's slack and stuff, I guess. And, yeah, it just becomes a bit of a... Well, for me, it becomes a bit of a nightmare. It, it just depends on what kind of workplace you're in and sort of like how competent everybody is and 
how well trained they are and stuff. And unfortunately, with care work, that varies quite a lot, I think, depending on the yeah. time or depending on the need. So, so yeah. And also the bureaucracy of care work is like horrendous and I hate that side of it. So, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine that. Um, I suppose you understand that it's there to protect people, but also if it gets in the way of you properly doing your job, then that's... Yeah, no, I think, I mean, yeah, definitely. But I guess I mean, like, in terms of, there's like another side of the bureaucracy, which is like, I don't know, I don't know. It feels like it's almost kind of like trying to internally protect the company. And like, actually, like, it doesn't really do a good job of, of, of making things better for the people that live there. So, so yeah, but, but on, on the other side of it, um, it was brilliant working in care. Like, I learned a lot. Um, and it made me, I think, a much more knowledgeable person in terms of, like, the world of learning disabilities and stuff. Because they are kind of like a marginalised group, like, to, to the extreme. Like, you don't realise that there's this other world going on within, like, residential care homes. This whole, whole entire, like, community of people that you, you hardly see or know about. So, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was great for that reason. That's sad, isn't it, that the, these people have sort of been tucked away like that? It, it, it really is sad. It really is. It's like, and, and to give, you know, to give these places credit, like, they, one of their MOs is, like, they do try really hard to get people out in the community and get them to do as much as they can and stuff. But, I don't know, like, the sad thing is, at a certain point, some people just don't want to, don't want to do that. So it's like, they do, it does feel like they're kind of locked away but they're not but they're not literally locked away you know it's not like a institution or anything it's just it's just this confusing gray area where people people sort of uh do their best i think i think because of like some of these documentaries that come out like um winterborne view and like the, the, the highlights of abuse and stuff on panorama and that which are really important but i think they paint like an image of the care industry that's like horrendous and actually like in my experience for the most part it's not like that you know um, they're like exceptions to the rule. Most of the yeah. time, people are like trying their best and stuff. Um, yeah, because that would be a terrible state of affairs if everywhere was like <laughs> yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, like any, anyone who watches that and isn't absolutely shocked is like a monster, really, because that is like that is such an extreme scenario, so extremely like bad. But yeah, so I guess like care work wasn't 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 my worst job. It was just it was just the one that like was worse for my mental health, I think. But um, but Tesco's definitely was was fucking horrendous as well. I did, did dislikes working in Tesco. Have you ever worked in a supermarket? I haven't. I've been consistently turned down uh, mm. from supermarket work, which is tragic. Uh, really. <laughs> maybe you're just overqualified for it. Maybe maybe you're just like maybe maybe that's maybe that's the universe's way of telling you you know that you don't need to do it. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe uh, the closest I got was when uh, all the supermarkets were asking for people in the pandemic. Uh, yeah. You know, and there was just nothing on the shelves. Oh right, yeah. Uh, I nearly did, but the the money that I would have got was mm. after tax. Basically, no point in me going doing it. That's crazy. So, that is so yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Because the money, because the money isn't very good anyway in Tesco, no. and well, not just, I shouldn't say Tesco specifically. <laughs> All these places, like the money isn't good. I think the only place where the money is like even partly acceptable is places like Waitrose or whatever because they've they I don't know seem to somewhat care about their staff but like but 
yeah, generally, like, you don't get a lot for, for doing it. And it's one of those jobs where I think it does you deserve a little bit more because you do have to deal with some shit working in a supermarket. There's something about a supermarket. When people enter it, the public, I mean, when they enter a supermarket, they just change. They just become, like, a mo- <laughs> they just become a monster. I don't know what it is. They, the, they might be the nicest, most charitable, loving person. But as soon as they go through those electronic doors, they're just fucking evil. <laughs> I don't get it. So, like, what is... Uh, give me some examples of this change in people, like... They just become, like, entitled. Like, it's hard to pinpoint a specific example, but they just become, like... They just see you as, like, a piece of shit. <laughs> they just see oh. you as, like... No, they do. Like, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter... Like, they just see you as, like... There's a stereotype of, like, a supermarket worker, I think, which is, like, you're just... You're either, like, a... They see you as either, like, an old-age pensioner who, like, this is the only job you can get, or they see you as, like, a spotty teenager who, um, again, this is the only job you can get. Like, I think, and it's unfair because actually, like, I mean, yeah, working in a supermarket isn't isn't the most demanding job in the world. Like, it doesn't, you don't have to have a lot of actual skills to do it. I mean, it is basically, like, you're either working on the tills, you have to have, like, a basic level of numeracy, or, or, or you're, you are stacking shelves or whatever, but at the same time, you do have to have a constitution about you that can talk and deal with, like, some of the worst people in the world. And I think that is, like, that is worth praise, I think. So I don't like it when supermarket workers are kind of disrespected in that way. And it's it's changed me because it's made me, like, so super conscious now of being nice to people in retail. Like, if I go somewhere and a, a retail assistant is a little bit rude to me or a little bit sort of snippy or, like isn't very smiley with me or whatever i just take i just kind of like let it go because i understand that they've probably had like the shittest day ever <laughs> and um and it's not personal you know so that would be my that would be my message to everybody like like i think i think i think checkout assistants and stuff should be allowed to be rude to you i think you should just take it on the chin because it's it's uh it means they've had a bad day <laughs> Yeah, and I think um, you can always tell who has worked in customer service by the way they treat customer service Yeah, staff. exactly, exactly, yeah, 100%. It's, it's funny, it's because, like, I think the American model has, like, taken over a lot in this country. Um, I think, like, we used to, like, Britain used to have a reputation of having, like, really bad customer service. <laughs> like we did like we totally did uh, i've heard it like mentioned on sitcoms and stuff like that from like the american point of view but i think nowadays i think like like especially internally like it's it's pushed that like we have to be more american you know that idea of like the customer is always right or like you know going above and beyond for the customer and stuff it's nonsense really because it's just a transaction just like they just want to buy something and you just have to sell it to them it's not it shouldn't be this whole like it shouldn't be this whole like um duty-bound sycophantic relationship like just buy your beans and just get the hell out that's why (laughs) self-service is a good thing i i I wish we could have like all the self-service but also still find jobs for the people that that sort of are replaced by it because nobody wants to be working on the checkout you know nobody enjoys it but everybody wants a job so just i don't know train them to be self-service maintenance people or something i don't know i don't have all the answers but all i know is (laughs) get rid get rid of get rid of checkouts I'm not the how guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just an ideas person. <laughs> Make it happen. Make it happen, yeah. Yeah, I think that is, uh, it's terrible, isn't it, really, self-service checkouts. As, as much as I like uh, not having to 
see a person um, <laughs> and be judged for my shopping choices. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that it is, uh, yeah, it's criminal, isn't it, really, letting the robots take over. Do you, do you feel like you are judged for your shopping choices? Sometimes. Because I was um, going to say, you absolutely are. <laughs> like, we do that. <laughs> tell me, tell me what's the worst slash best um, shopping baskets. Well, so one thing about, um, just on the subject of shopping baskets, like, I am so good now at packing a bag. Like, I, like, when I, <laughs> like, I have this thing now when I go into, like, a supermarket, um, I I refuse to let them pack my bag and I will pack it. And I'm hoping as a packet that they are noticing how good my packing sort of <laughs> skills are, especially when I'm in Tesco, because then I can be like, yeah, <laughs> I'm a te- I used to work here. Like, I know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> and sometimes, like, I will tell, like, I have this, like, thing where I will always tell a Tesco worker that I used to work in Tesco. So I will, I will shoehorn it into the into the checkout conversation as best I can. I'll just be like, oh, how long have you been working here? And they'll go like, oh, a couple of years ago. Oh, I used to work in Tesco's, you know, <laughs> hoping <laughs> that they'll have a little bit of, like, shared camaraderie, but it never happens. Yeah, um, and I dragged myself out of this pit yeah exactly Exactly. god i'm such a prick it comes across so badly um but yeah in terms of shopping baskets i don't know like it's not so much i wouldn't say there's like a best one but there's definitely worse ones you know like like you get a lot of people that 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 get things like a bottle of vodka and like a packet of biscuits and you know that like when it's that it's like oh no (laughs) like please stop and um sometimes people buy just like way too many sort of like yogurts and stuff (laughs) when that happens (laughs) there's something concerning going on um I used to have this woman that used to come into Tesco's and she was like she was such a funny like sweet woman and she used to like we used to call her Shirley, right? Because she used to like dance around singing Shirley Bassey songs in the aisles. She was a little oh. bit eccentric. And she used yeah. to bring um she used to bring photo albums of her chinchillas in. So it was just like images of all her chinchillas. And she once oh. lent me one of her photo albums of her chinchillas, which I didn't really want. I like left it in my locker. <laughs> I was like, thanks. Um, <laughs> and she was really lovely. Um but she used to just, she always used to buy like just multiple bottles of vodka and stuff and like very rarely like any food. And I was like, oh no. Um, and I remember when I was leaving, I, I should probably preface that this woman was about, she was about 65. Right. When I was leaving um, Tesco, I told her that I was going and she was very upset about it. So <laughs> I felt guilty and I kind of gave her my phone number. <laughs> and then... Um, oh no, I know, <laughs> I know. And then she uh, she started texting me and she said, um, she was like, oh, do you want to like hang out or like spend a day together? And I felt bad for her. So I agreed to go with her to oh, the no. Sea Life Centre. <laughs> 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 and we spent the day um, in the Sea Life Centre. <laughs> and it was such a weird day. I remember like it was me and this like 65 year old woman and I bought her an ice cream. And um, <laughs> I have this, like, image in my head of her. She's, like, sitting on the wall eating this ice cream. And it's all, like, falling down her. <laughs> I remember thinking, oh, no, like, I've crossed the line here. Like, I've gone into, like, I've gone past the point of no return. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so it sounds horrible. But after that, I sort of had to, like, cut off contact because I realised that I had crossed a boundary. And then yeah. from that point, 
I went into care work, which is kind of like a weird sort of uh, connected thing, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what was uh, what was the choice? Like, what was like? Why did you choose to go from sort of Tesco's to care work? What was that? Did you like? Were you qualified in it, and that's sort of what you wanted to do, or? Um... Well, I wasn't qualified in it, but I had cared for a family member for two... No, not two years. I'd cared for a family member for about six years. Um, right. Kind of what you were talking about as well, like end-of-life care as well was incorporated into that. So I, I didn't... I wasn't, like, a trained professional, but I had a lot of um, personal sort of knowledge on it. So that really helped me to get the job. And I don't know, like, I think when you when you go to work in care work, you just sort of... It might have been that. It might have been that experience that kind of made me feel like, oh, I could do this, or I kind of miss this kind of feeling of, like, looking after people. Um, So, yeah, so it was quite an easy job to get. And actually, that's the thing about care work that I kind of don't like, is that it is quite an easy job for people to get. Like, a lot of people can just get that job and have to do minimal training, and then they're really bad at it. Yeah. But, um, But I found that I was pretty good at it pretty early on, and... Yeah, I really loved it. I really, really loved it. Um, That's why I felt kind of bad about putting it in as, like, a worse job that I had, only because just some of my experiences with it were really bad. But I still really loved the job. Like, the people that I met there, like, I still see them sometimes. And, like, it feels... Like, it felt more like... You're not really supposed to say this in care, but it it totally did feel more like a family. And, like, I feel like these people are my friends and stuff. And you're not really supposed to have that point of view. But that is kind of how I feel about it because they're people you know and you work with them so closely like on a day-to-day basis it's hard not to get attached to them you know but yeah. but the care industry would want you to be a little bit more detached than that so but yeah that's why I did it because because uh, I had my own sort of like personal care experience I guess and they love that like that's a good thing to have they're like but but it means that I, I went in with like quite a lot of bad habits like like things that you're not supposed to do like I didn't really understand manual handling like I didn't really understand like, what the proper way to like lift somebody up was and stuff all those kind of things you know um in terms of like medicate like when I was like 19 or 18 17 like I was like administering medication to a family member but in probably the most cack-handed like unscientific <laughs> way ever <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> it kind of makes it makes me like horrified now to think about how I was probably like trusted to administer medication as a, as essentially a child um yeah. whereas like actually when you go into care like it's so specific and so regimented and so careful yeah, yeah I, I was literally mixing potions basically <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> not exactly you know I, I was an idiot back then so <laughs> so um like how many people were there uh, the, at the residential place that you were working um it was like an 11 bedroom house like a big a big house like a like almost like a a mansion I guess but obviously it's like 11 people living there um all of varying different uh abilities i suppose i i have to speak slowly when when i talk about care because i'm trying to be conscious not to give out too much information about the people or whatever so um because i think even when you leave like confidentiality is like important or whatever but but yeah it was like so it's like 11 people all of varying different needs and stuff um some some people sort of needing not a lot of care like some people just kind of like living semi-independently Mm-hmm. But the majority of people, it was, like, quite intensive care. So, yeah. 
Yeah, but I suppose with eleven people, that's not that's few enough people that they, you you would be able to have an intimate relationship with everyone if yeah. you're working there for any period of time. Definitely, like I know people who work in um, like elderly care and stuff, and like the thing about elderly care, I've never worked in it, but like some of those houses are they're like forty people or whatever, and if it sounds like from what I hear that like the care that they get is pretty like mechanized, you know, like it's like it's very specific times in the morning, everybody gets up at the same time, you know, like personal care is very quick, you know, all this kind of stuff. Everybody's like on a conveyor belt almost. And the good thing about a smaller house is that like, yeah, like everybody kind of gets their own, um, their own specific tailored care I guess like if they want to get up at 11 o'clock like that's when they get up and we're trying to accommodate that or whatever yeah um yeah how so. how did you find uh sort of not getting too attached because I always think that I would get immediately far too attached to people uh was that hard or yeah it is really hard it, it really is difficult because it's like obviously there are boundaries and there are things that you're not allowed to say and there are like you have to always maintain like a professional boundary but the thing is especially in learning disabilities like people don't like some people don't some people that you look after don't really understand that you know and, and to them you are their proxy family you know you're the you're the person that is in their life and they want to treat you that way you know so it's all very well like when you're in training and they say you know don't hug them don't do that like don't do that it's all very well them saying that but sometimes it's like <laughs> no <laughs> this person's like crying and like they're like upset and like the best thing for them right now would be like a, a hug so they're gonna get it <laughs> do you know what i mean it's like it's yeah. that it's that awkward scenario of like yeah you can follow the rules as best you can but at the end of the day like you just ha- you sometimes you just have to give somebody a hug you know it's like it's yeah. crazy yeah so I always think that's really sad that you can't do that like I, I mean I get that they're um you know trying to protect people but also you know if you're a bad guy who's gonna hurt somebody mm. having a rule saying that you're not allowed to give someone who's upset a hug isn't gonna stop that is it you know what I mean yeah yeah and to be fair like it's the advice is kind of inconsistent like sometimes you'll be on a training and they will literally say that it's okay to do it and then sometimes you'll be on a training and they'll say that like no it's like a never do that kind of thing but at the end of the day it's like it's hard to have a blanket set of rules for people that are all so different you know and like definitely I've looked after people where I would think no I'm definitely not going to hug this person because if I hug this person they're going to think I love them and then they're going to want to marry me or something so it's like let's not do it in this instance but this person over here like they definitely need it right now so I don't know like it's all dependent on individuals I guess um I'll tell you like one of the I'll tell you like one of the worst things that happened to me in care was like um very early on like probably like my first couple of weeks I was looking after this guy who had uh autism and other uh conditions and he was a lovely guy but like we went to we went bowling and it was when I was it was when I was first sort of starting and they kind of like they kind of let you they kind of ramp up the responsibility slowly so so on this particular visit I was looking after this guy he was my responsibility and I remember we were bowling and I literally, I turned around for like, I think it was like five seconds to like pick up a coat or something. 
Yeah. And he just he just vanished. He just like disappeared. Like and he oh was one to one. Like he's someone that I had to be with all the time. And he was oh. just gone. He was he he was gone. <laughs> and I felt like my heart like just sink into my chest. And like I had a million like all through my brain. I was like, oh no, I'm going to prison. I've lost this person. <laughs> They're gonna hurt somebody. They're gonna hurt themselves. Like and literally like I was thinking the worst and I was running up and down the bowling alley like a like a crazy person like I was literally running up to everybody who was it's really hard to get people's attention when they're bowling as well because they're very like into it I was like oh, stop bowling listen I've lost a person and uh, I was running around the arcade like I was running everywhere and this whole time I was thinking oh my god I'm literally going to prison like this is like my first couple of weeks in camp going to jail and um, oh I got to the toilets and then he just kind of like he just walked out of the toilets like looking really happy and like pleased with himself they'd like done it himself and I had that moment where I was like I I felt like a parent you know I wanted to I wanted to be like never do that to me again like where have you been (laughs) like do you know what I mean and then I had to remember oh no wait this person's an adult and uh, I'm not allowed to stay but yeah I was so like the relief that I felt when I found him was like oh my god like and I think it's like those moments where you think like either people stick it out and get better or they quit and luckily like I kind of just carry I learned from that mistake and carried on but but through the years you know there's there's been those moments sometimes they're out of your control really because people are unpredictable you never know what they're going to do and I think that's the scariest thing about working in care and what and why I one of the things I definitely don't miss about it as a job is just the unpredictability of everything and how things can go wrong really quickly um Yeah, I don't miss that. I, I like having a job that's a little bit more, um, a little bit more predictable now. Yeah, that yeah. sounds like the most stressful experience I can ever imagine. The highs and lows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. I mean, look. I mean, I was also looking after people that um, were de- were sometimes dangerous. You know, it's people that people that hurt people, people that want to want to physically harm you because they're upset and um so it's also sometimes you're going to work and you'd not know whether you're going to get like battered or whatever um yeah. so it's, it's yeah it's different and obviously there's precautions in place there's there's um training that you have like self-defense training and stuff but it's all kind of it's it's all kind of it doesn't really doesn't really help you do you know what i mean like if you have to if you have to do this person's personal care but you know that they're gonna like punch you in the face (laughs) like there's only so much you can do to prevent that do you know what I mean like because at the end of the day they still need their personal care done so I don't know (laughs) I don't know it's it's a very flawed system there's no there's no real way to 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 have a perfectly uh safe care experience I don't think yeah but like how do you like because I know that you know as professionally you are supposed to treat everybody the same and not have any personal feelings but yeah if for example there is somebody and you know that they're gonna probably gonna want to try and hurt you how do you sort of deal with because I was just like fuck you (laughs) you know like how do you deal with that well well see this is the thing right it's like in an ideal world what would happen is you wouldn't be doing that person's care. It would be delegated to somebody else who maybe that person doesn't want to hit. But because sometimes people want to hit everybody and because sometimes 
that the staff so staffing issues is like the 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 wor- one of the worst problems with with care right so like just to go off on a, on a slight tangent like um so on a shift so it's like 11 people like it would be like you would start either at seven o'clock in the morning and do till two o'clock in the afternoon or you would do like two o'clock in the afternoon until ten o'clock in the evening. Like they're the kind of two because it's a it's a house, so it's always open. So and then there would be two members of staff that would do the night shift, um, yeah. which is basically like a cleaning shift. And then if anybody kind of needs help in the night, you're there to 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 help them. Um, but so that would mean that you'd have about five or six, five ideally staff members per shift, right? So. Yeah. That's that's not a lot really, but it. No. That's the but but see that's the dream to have five is the dream because actually what's more than likely is you'd have three or four because there's always someone sick, or like some kind of issue, right? Um, so then what would happen is so, so this is one of the main reasons why I one of the things I hated about care work is like so you'd you'd be in at seven o'clock in the morning, um, you do your shift which is eight hours, you don't get a break because just like breaks don't exist in care really um there's no designated time for you to there's nowhere to go for half an hour and have a sandwich like you just kind of eat when they eat and you kind of just do everything in that way um so then you get to like three o'clock or two o'clock or whatever it's ready to go home and then there'd be a phone call someone saying oh you know i can't come in i'm not well whatever which is fair enough and then you would then have the emotional guilt laid upon you which is essentially we need somebody here can you please do it and because it's because it's not because it's people and it's like it's people's lives you feel this additional level of pressure to say yes because it's like well what else is going to happen they're going to they're not going to you know if I say no they're not going to be able to go out and do their afternoon activity so you're just like yes okay I will begrudgingly do the shift Mm -hmm. so then you're doing a double shift which is it's kind of like normalized in care it's like doing a double shift is like considered nothing Mm. but I've had I've had times where I have I've done a double shift and then I have done the night shift as well (laughs) because I know I've I've done a 20 I've done a 22 hour shift before um and that is and that is because usually it's you know because of extreme circumstances like someone's had to go into hospital or something like that but I, the the problem with that is is like when you're doing that level of work you just you just become worse at it do you know what I mean like you can't yeah. you can't function properly as you're supposed to if you're not sleeping um and yeah. I think that's why depression is so high in care like I think like mental health issues are really high in staff in care work and it's 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 literally for that so it's that reason you know the staffing isn't good enough and the budget isn't good enough and as it goes i you know i think as it goes more and more up the levels of sort of like command it just becomes more and more stupid really so <laughs> that's yeah. my that's my general critique of, of the care industry but is there like um do you get any mental health support or not at all really not really no i mean like i mean it's it's i guess it's kind of like there i mean if you if you want it i suppose you could get like a phone number to call or whatever but i think i think more so it's like it's the culture of care work right it's like this kind of um 
this kind of idea that you know like if you're doing care you're 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 kind of accepting that this is what it's like you know like like yeah like breaks aren't a part of it like long shifts are a part of it you know it's like this is what care is so you have members of staff who are like more than happy to do these things and you have members of staff that aren't really happy to do it and do you know what I mean like it's just like it's the internal culture of it is like like your manager might say like oh you know like this is sort of just what it is so (laughs) it depends it it all depends on what your manager's like I've had a a few different managers I've had some that have been absolutely lovely and I've had some that have been absolute fucking morons so yeah it's all it's all dependent on that (laughs) I suppose, like, I mean, not similarly, but kind of similarly. Like, I did uh, a lot of technical theatre work. And, again, long shifts, no breaks, just expected that, you know, that's how it is. But then Mm. if you say, actually, I'm not coping because I haven't slept properly in, you know, two weeks and, I you know, I don't have enough time to wash my clothes and buy food that isn't burgers... Uh, there's very much that whole like well oh you can't handle it oh you're not tough enough and it's like oh no one should Mm. have to handle it Um, is it is that sort of a similar kind of attitude that you had in Kerala I mean kind of yeah it's like I think because it so it's it's ironic really because it's like obviously sorry I just wait for this motorbike to go (laughs) it's ironic really because it's like um, obviously care work is about care (laughs) and it but it doesn't often extend to the staff. I think um, I don't. I don't think like that's like a hot take on my part. I think. I think that's. I think that is something that's at least I hope widely recognised. You know, like um, it's just. It's not like anyone would act would really say that to you. But I just think that's the implication. You know, because there are there are people there that are more than will- like. Say so the problem is like if you're not willing to do it. If you're not willing to do the double shift there is someone who is willing to do it. So it's like, um, you don't, like most jobs, you don't want to feel replaceable, right? But the, the, yeah. the fact is, you kind of are, you know, like this thing about care is like, there's so many people like vying for those jobs. Like they're not, and they're quite easy jobs to get. Like, as I said, like I was able to get a, a care job. I was I was shocked when I got it. You know, I was I was really happy after the interview that I got the job. But I remember thinking like, you know, I've got no... Sorry, can you hear that motorbike? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I've got no, ex- I've got no experience, you know, really, no proper experience. You imagine that these kind of jobs that you need to ha- that you need to, you know, go to college to do them, have some kind of like degree in like, um, I don't know, what's it called? Like, uh, I don't know, health I don't know what it's called. Care. Yeah, health and social care. But you don't. You really, you really don't. You just need to do the training and and have, or come across like you have an empathetic nature. Yeah. This, is the, this is the problem. There's some people that that, that start caring. You, I genuinely think, like God, how did you pass the sort of interview? Like you're not you're the most unempathetic person I've ever met in my life. Yeah. But but they do, you know. So it's uh, so yeah. It's that. It's more the culture of it. I think it's more more the unspoken stuff than than. I don't think they could get away of actively saying like you know oh, this is you know this is what you're expected to do. But so like in an ideal world, what's supposed to happen is if somebody like if at the night staff phone in sick or something, the manager is supposed to come in and do that shift, right? Because they're yeah. the manager, they're the highest in command. But that never happens, you know, it's such a rare thing to happen. It's always put on the on the shoulders of the staff. And and because of because of that, 
mistakes happen you know stuff stuff like that happens you know um and it and the thing about care is it's like sometimes i don't want to be over dramatic but you know sometimes it is life and death you know some sometimes yeah. like you're, you're dealing with people's lives like when, whether it comes to medication um uh, like giving people medication or just like doing the right thing like i think that's the most stressful thing about care it's like it's one of those jobs where every moment of it is like a constant like ethical moral sort of like dilemma you're always thinking like, am i doing the right thing am i am i anything i think if you're not thinking that then you're not doing the job properly but you're it's a bit exhausting to constantly be thinking you know is this the right decision am i doing this correctly um and i think that was sort of like my downfall in it to be honest with you is that like i i just started overthinking things i started like becoming a little bit like ocd and i just sort of i just had a bit a little bit of a breakdown <laughs> so yeah. yeah that was that was fun um and yeah, then i left like, yeah I can imagine yeah that it's a lot of pressure and stress it's a shame yeah i definitely i did i didn't it's like when i left it wasn't because i particularly wanted to it wasn't like i had been like dying to get out of the job because i I really enjoyed it um in a way but also in another way i just knew that i couldn't do it anymore i think i think it has like a shelf life really yeah whenever i've met somebody who's been in care for a very like working care for a really long time like say 15 20 years on the one hand they're usually really good at certain things they're usually really like um empathetic or really really like talented in the job but on the other hand they're also quite stuck in their ways and don't usually shift to modern ways of thinking about care work and like um so i just think it's one of those things it always needs new blood it always needs people who have a fresh outlook on things and i just felt like five years was enough for me like i was kind of done with it by then um yeah and then I went and worked in Specsavers. <laughs> it was like a complete shift. And how was that? It was interesting because um, the, the Specsavers that I worked in was literally around the corner from the uh, from the care home that I worked in. So all the clients that like lived <laughs> in the care, I was like literally doing their like I was like the best at doing their eyes, you know, because like yeah. I had shifted. Um, job role but like I knew them all and they would all pop in and like disturb me at work which is <laughs> great um but yeah no it was fine working in Specsavers it was it was a complete I needed like just a complete shift yeah I've, I, had, I had like no interest in glasses or or op- optics <laughs> or anything like that I was just literally looking for a job you know it's one of those things yeah I hated the uniform though absolutely hated it like it's such a it's so, it's so stressful to go from like because in care there was like no uniform it was just like you wear what you whatever you want yeah. and then going to like something that's so regimented and so like corporate was 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 kind of difficult i think what was the uniform it was like it was one of these like elasticy like tops with like a really like low v-neck sort of no. thing yeah and like a big name badge and like um black sort of uh you know work trousers nice shoes and you know you've been in specs you've seen them in you know it's that kind of thing it's like and then I had to go from like I I did find it really difficult to go back into like customer service role of being like nice to people you know (laughs) it is hard you know it's really hard to be like hi how are you like what can I do for you like just (laughs) constantly gritting through my teeth because because that's 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 a corporation where the idea of like the customer is always right is like pushed to the extreme i think like the customer is always right you know the customer is like a god basically yeah. 
do do what you can for the customer you know always always like you know if they come in and they want their glasses fixed and they're not spec savers glasses do it anyway because it's more important that we you know make the brand look good and all this kind of stuff it's like yeah it's too much it's too much yeah as well like i found you know because i started a job in a hospital so I, i don't know if you felt similarly with this but i find that um going from sort of customer service that job is just about making somebody else rich isn't it but then care work or you know like working in a hospital is so refreshing to the the ultimate goal is to make people's lives better not to make a stranger wealthy exactly but but i think with care it's like it's it's hard in that way because it's like yeah that is the truth and that is why anybody gets like nobody gets into care work for the money do you know what I mean but it's a shame (laughs) but but it's a shame that they don't I mean I wish I wish I wish that was more of an incentive to get into care work because if the money was better um it would just be better for the people working there because the money is so low like it really is bad and it's like so for example when I when I became a senior like that was for literally one additional pound extra an hour so it brought my wage up to like eight pound fifty or whatever which is like nothing right but the amount of responsibility that you take on for that pay increase is ridiculous like it was like so disproportionate um and this is the thing it's like that's something that's always told to you in care actually talking about sort of what we were talking about before it's like the idea that you don't get into care for the money you get into it for the love of it and that's kind of what's pushed in the training as well people say that you know and it's like yeah but that doesn't mean it shouldn't be paid better it's like one of it's you know not to toot my own horn but it's one of the it is like such an important job i think i think it's one of those jobs that's like if if it had more incentive to if it i think if it was if i think if it offered more money more people would be interested in doing it um but because it offers such a low wage they really take advantage of that and then they employ people that you know are more vulnerable and more willing to do the job because they would more accept a, a, a do you know what i'm t- you know what i'm kind of saying yeah. it's like it just it just doesn't it just isn't working basically <laughs> i guess what i'm saying I, so. I suppose it's a sad thing of like you know care work and you know nursery work and stuff uh i think we've sort of touched on this in the the episode that Meryl rook was on it's it's considered women's work isn't it so the value of it is low you know, definitely why they definitely. pay low wages because oh, it's just looking after people just making sure they eat yeah you know, absolutely so, but it's not is it you're, you're 100 right and it is one of those environments where like like men obviously men do work in loan disabilities care and actually some you know contrary to what people might think some some of those guys that i've worked with have, have been like some of the most empathetic most lovely people ever but i think there's like a stereotype definitely associated with care work that it's all women and stuff and, and yes that the majority of people that work in care are women it's a bit like nursing really it's that same kind of same sort of thing and i think for that reason i do think it is regarded as 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 a lower form of work or, or less less worthy of, of of a higher wage because also like a, a lot of people that a lot of managers and stuff are usually men in care as well which is quite interesting yeah. um like like my first manager was a woman but she was pregnant and then she left and then all my other managers were were uh men which is kind of which kind of says everything that needs yeah. to be said about, about that kind of that kind of thing um also yeah. but 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 men um there's a lot of there's also a lot of prejudice <laughs> funnily enough against men in 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 uh in care work as well which i think is bad because it's like 
then I think that discourages them from wanting to do it, possibly. Yeah. Like, for example, like, I've, see, I've seen this as well, like, in it where, like, you know, there'll be, like, certain people and they they will, they won't be allowed to do certain jobs within the house, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll you know, like, oh, you're not, you're not doing this person's personal care because you're a man. Um, mm. And if that person has a specific trauma or specific reason why they don't want a man to do their personal care that's fine actually then it shouldn't happen but i think if that if that doesn't exist as a precedent there's no reason why a man shouldn't be able to also go and do somebody's personal care but what you see in care is you see like a very strange very um intentional divide in labor actually sometimes so you see like the Mm. men get assigned to like um take people out and like um do you know like the more physical side of things and then you see the women like you know they're cooking and they're doing all these kind of things and it's it's so funny it's like everything becomes so traditional in in the care environment it's like it's like one step away from like everyone like wearing a pinny and like (laughs) it's like really bizarre (laughs) it's really weird yeah as well like i remember uh it getting in as a kid it getting into the local newspaper that this boy had decided to do a childcare course and then he got a job, not a boy, like teenager, yeah. he did a, the childcare course at college and then went and worked in a nursery. That got into the newspaper. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> it's wild, isn't it? Like, you know, that, like, you know, good for him. I'm glad that he chose to. Uh, yeah. Wonderful. But it shouldn't be in the newspaper. It's just like, oh, cool. Okay. I mean, it's a bit like teaching, isn't it? Because it's like, um, you know, they say that there's not a lot of male teachers or, or, or men are, are more put off from teaching particularly in like primary school and things like that and mm. the truth of it is like in care what I've noticed is like you know you look after a lot of men actually like in care like you know men have learning disabilities and men have autism and you know you're looking after men but at the same time if it's all women looking after men then they get frustrated as well like they they they, they need a little bit of like um male attention they need they need people to look up to and they need people to look after them do you know what I mean yeah. like I've 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 had clients who have been like oh I don't want a woman to do my personal care and all these kind of things and it's like yeah you should ha- you should be able to have that choice I think it's, it seems yeah. unfair but but unfortunately like the staff just isn't there so men aren't lining up to do they're not lining up to do uh care work at the moment so yeah. also again so, because because the pay is so low as well as well so. yeah so if we can take anything away from this episode, any men listening become care workers. <laughs> yeah, they they need you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I feel like we should finish on uh, a good job. Um. <laughs> Do you, have you had any of those, Jen? <laughs> Do you know what? I'm going to say no. <laughs> like, like I, I don't know how you feel about this, but for me, like, I mean, I, I, I hope my current job doesn't hear this because <laughs> yeah my the job I'm doing now is is the best job I've ever had in my life <laughs> no look for me work has always been like a like a placeholder you know yeah like I think like you must understand this like we all we're, we're doing comedy and you know we're writing and we want to we want to do that but we need a day job so for me it's always been like can I find the the most tolerable day job ever um and with care like care was kind of the best in that way but also the worst because it was the most time consuming so it wasn't it wasn't conducive to creative stuff at all 
the job I have now is like more of an office job and it is definitely the best job for um, doing with stand-up and stuff because it's just nine to five and I've always just been looking for a nine to five. It's the first like actual nine to five job I've ever had. All my other jobs have been like really awkward times, really. This one's nine to five and that's... So yeah, so I'd say the one that I have now uh, because it's nine to five. <laughs> that's, yeah. And that's literally the reason why. Like, I used to... I mean, I did once have... I, I spent one day in in a call center i did i did do that once but i was so <laughs> bad at it that they uh they just didn't have me back after one day have you yeah. ever done that have you ever done like a call center job no i mean i do a lot of phone work at the moment but never oh, do call you? center no i don't think i could do it i'm not a, i'm not a sales guy i just i'm i'm not either i'm really really not yeah it's hard it's hard to convince people to do something that you don't believe in yeah absolutely like, all yeah. right, you don't, you don't want to buy this thing. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> um, and that's what I was like at Specsavers as well, because Spec Specsavers is. Um, don't get me wrong. Like, they're actually, I was surprised that they're not. They're not the kind of company where they. Um, they don't upsell for no reason. You know, they're not. They're, yeah. A lot of people think that these these companies are trying to sell them things they don't need or whatever. And I don't. I didn't have any experience with that, but. At the same time, they do have their targets and blah, blah, blah. And you are supposed yeah. to offer people things. And I was so, so bad at that. Like, so bad at it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was I was always the first person to direct people to the £25 glasses. I was always the first <laughs> person to say, like, oh, you know, do you want this thing? But, you know, you don't really need it. It's fine. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> Which is really bad. because, But at the same time, it was one of those jobs where if you... Again, there was no financial incentive to do any of that. Yeah. Um, it's not like if you if you managed to get people to buy this thing, you got like a bonus or whatever. It was just like you know, like like you were saying earlier, like it's it's. I do find it really hard to have corporate interests in mind. Do you know what I mean? Like I just don't care about the company like at yeah. all. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, yeah. Can you do it yourself if you want yeah. it doing? Exactly. Do you want? Do you want? To, do you want to start a company with me? Shall we start yeah. our own thing? We'll call it Fuck It. <laughs> yeah, Fuck It Industries. Yeah, I don't what, know what, what we'll sell. No, we don't have to sell anything. We can just, yeah. we'll just exist. It's mod, it's modern times, you know, we don't need to sell anything. Yeah. Bitcoin, we'll do Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> Deal. Thanks. Well, I suppose, is there a, I mean, this has been a wonderful chat. Um, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, very interesting. Um, have you got anything that you would like to plug? Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Jen Ives Comedian. And that's, and that's where everything else is. So that's pretty much it. Or my website, jenives.net. No. But other than that, I don't really have anything to plug. I have a podcast that you can yeah. listen to if you want. It's called Real Girl Talk. It's a new thing that I'm doing where I just interview people. Um, and that's it really. Um, that's all I want to plug. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for having me. Wonderful. It was really fun. Thank you. Thank Sorry if it's a bit of a downer. I didn't no, mean to like talk. Not. But care, care is a bit of a downer sometimes. Um, yeah, but uh, it's yeah. interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, thank you. Oh, thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>